Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. If you've not listened before, then this is the podcast where we discuss the sorts of things that a lot of people are probably thinking about, but maybe aren't having the conversations about, and we want to open up that conversation. We also throw in a bit of a catch up and some recommendations of things we've really loved recently that we think you will enjoy too, whether that's a podcast, a book, an article or something else entirely. So if you do enjoy this episode, please hit subscribe because it means that every Wednesday you will get a brand new episode into your subscription box. How are you doing this morning, my dear? I'm good. I'm doing good or this afternoon for me. Oh yeah, of uh, course. It's, it's very early for me, made earlier by the fact that my cat decided that last night she would um, practice her singing all night long. <laughs> love that. Although I love that you have a cat waking you up and we've discovered we have a uh, club because it our new apartment. So that uh, keeps me awake yeah. until 2am. So good fun all around in the sleep department this week for us both. That's awful as well, because it's a sort of noise that you can't block out, like where you've got the different changing in beats and stuff like that. It's just like that thudding noise. It's like feel the vibration. But I mean, it's classic Vietnam. There's like no rules. It's, there seems to be a thing like the louder something is, it means that they're having like, a, it's more of a good time. So everyone just loves loud music all hours of the day. So can't wait to move to the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is that is so annoying as well because if you didn't know that was the case when you signed the lease it's like the rudest shock ever yeah thankfully only here for, until like mid-october so it's okay. not too bad yeah it, it could be worse and also how quickly is september going i feel like time's flying oh my anyway. god Honestly, it's the, it's Alex's birthday next weekend, and he kind of said yesterday, "Oh, I can't believe how soon it's going to be my birthday." And I thought, "Fuck, I should probably organise something and like, oh my, get God. a card and stuff." Yeah, October is next week, end of next week. Oh my I God, know, I know. And this happened in fairness. This happens most years because his birthday is the second, so it's like I don't have that like warm up in October for his birthday. And I'm, like, oh, I'm like oh god shit okay but I do have some nice plans this year which I won't I mean he's never going to listen to this um he makes a point of never listening to the podcast and actually do you know what in the five years we've done this he's never listened but I was thinking about this the other day it's five years in October I know on the 3rd of October it is five years since we started this podcast no, I'm mad at that. Five years. Five years. I actually had to count it twice. How I mad is that? I can't believe that. I actually can't believe I that. I can't believe that. Someone asked me the other day, like, oh, how long have you been doing it? And I, went, uh, and I was going to be like two or three years. And I was like, well, no, because we obviously did it all throughout lockdown. Then there was the year before that. Yeah. So, yeah, wild times, guys. Time flies. Um, do you want to show what your recommendation is, though, for this week? Yes. So my recommendation this week is a little bit different. Um, it's kind of a, what well, is an online test um, called the Positive Intelligence Test, so PQ for sure. And I don't know if you've heard of the book, but it's the test is based on the book by uh, Shazad Sharmin. No, I've never heard of it. Um, but it's basically, the book looks at the ways that we self-sabotage 
and the book was based on research of 500,000 participants from like world-class leaders, uh, world-class athletes to uh, like business leaders, Fortune 100 like company CEOs. And it basically looks at how your mind is your best friend, but it can also be your worst enemy and how your mind is constantly sabotaging your potential, your performance and your happiness because of these nine saboteurs, which the, the research has identified. And so I haven't read the book. This has made me want to read the book. So I, you can do the test online. And it's one of those classic, like, multi-choice questions. Um, and you go through and you have to you just click as quickly as you can. You just you react as instinctively as possible to select yeah, what your response would be to a certain situation. And then you get your results. And it's what percentage of each saboteur you are. And Ooh. it was... I'm not going to say that my results were a surprise. However, it was really insightful from like the scientific and like research perspective to see characteristics, which I know are flaws of me to be like identified and kind of broken down in a very like, analytical way. So the, my top saboteurs are the stickler, the hypervigilant, the hyperachiever and the controller. So stickler would be like perfectionism and a need for order and organization that's taken too far. Hypervigilance is continuous intense anxiety about the dangers and what can go wrong. Hyperachiever is dependent on constant performance and achievement for self-respect and self-validation. And the controller is anxiety-based need to take charge and control situations and people's actions to one's own will. Um, <laughs> so there's nine saboteurs and it breaks down the characteristics of each, um, thoughts that you probably constantly have. They might be like semi-subconscious, so it's quite interesting to see them identified and feelings that you can often get, justification lies that you tell yourself, and then the impact that you're having on yourself and others. And then there's a lot of information about like survival function and how you can change, adapt, or start to uh, identify and acknowledge those saboteurs so you can start to make changes. Um, mm. it for a free tool, it's really, really insightful and really interesting and helpful in a very uh, like kind of self-confronting way um confronting uh, is the word I was going to use like that sounds yeah. I think with self self-sabotage it's really hard to actually convince yourself even if you know what it is that's like a bad trait or like a toxic trait it's quite hard to actually convince yourself it is bad because your brain tries to see it as like a protective element um mm -hmm. so to have to do a test like that and be quite confronted with that I think would be so helpful yeah, and it's not done in like a, I mean, yes, it is confronting, but also it's comforting in a way that these are characteristics that are main characteristics that have been identified in people who are high-performing individuals, that these these mm. things still exist to some extent in in everyone. I mean, some of the other um, some of the other saboteurs are like the pleaser, like the victim, the avoider. Uh, the restless like the, there's there's definitely a certain element and it grades how much of like how much of each is present in you um, that's so interesting I'm gonna do that later yeah I'll obviously leave the link in in the show notes but it's completely free and then afterwards they send you like a series of emails which I've also found really interesting and now I'm glad that I've subscribed to it. it's from the author of the book itself so yeah I recommend for a little bit of a uh, personal insight I love that what is your recommendation this week? Um, mine's literally the other end of the spectrum. 
Um, so I love the variety. So we have spoken about the Shameless podcast on this podcast before. I'm sure we have. I'm pretty sure it was a recommendation from you a couple of years ago. And if you're not familiar with the Shameless podcast, it's absolutely brilliant. They bill it as the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. It is excellent. Like I listen to this podcast religiously every single week. But they have another series within the same podcast feed as Shameless called Scandal. And it looks back at some of the most kind of well-known celebrity scandals from the past, like, I guess past 20 years, but really it's a longer time period than that. And they just do a deep dive into what happened, what the narrative was at the time, how it's shaped pop culture moments today. It's utterly fascinating, especially the ones that you might be aware of, but you weren't maybe old enough or didn't have the full context at the time. So I listened to the Tiger Woods one. That was fascinating. And what it really like has highlighted to me, and I know this is something you love as well, is how nuanced people are and Mm. how like the Tiger Woods one in particular, I was like, God, you are not a good person but you can see what happened to make him that way. And so you kind of can have a little bit of compassion within it as well. Mm. It's absolutely brilliant. I would highly recommend Tiger Woods. I would also recommend the Keeping Up With The Hadids one, which is a four-parter and absolutely fascinating. It talks about like the original inception of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It talks about um, Yolanda Hadid and how she's the original almond mum. Um, and all of the controversy that goes along with them. There is so, so much. And there's a great one on Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher as well. And like, she, like, that is a fascinating life. And then the one with Drew Barrymore is the one that I was like, wow. Um, Because if you, if you know about Drew Barrymore and her like early years, then, you know, it was pretty, pretty horrific to say the least, but to hear them kind of dive into it and have that intellectual debate about it, is I think really interesting um and yeah I, I've just thoroughly enjoyed it they they have so many of them on there on the feeds so it's worth scrolling through um and having a listen but they're just yeah really interesting things I, lo- I love the team behind Shameless anyway I think what they're doing is really cool and like they're branching out into different things um but the Scandal series is like what's constantly in my ears at the moment Right. I need to give that a listen because I've massively fallen back on my podcast listening because uh, I would always listen when I went to the gym and obviously we haven't been gymming, but we signed up to a gym last week. So I'm getting back into the podcast. So I think this is going to be one of the first ones I listen to. Maybe I'll listen when I go this afternoon. So what I tend to do is I save the like pop culture downloads that launch every I don't know what day of the week they come out because I always save it for Friday lunchtime when I clean the flat. <laughs> that's like my treat when I'm cleaning um but then the scandal episodes come out every Monday which is kind of like our Sunday I guess because it's in Australia but oh yeah I'm gonna have a listen definitely it's absolutely brilliant thoroughly enjoy it and it's just perfect entertainment amazing do we want to chat about our topic this week yes I feel like your recommendation really links nicely into this actually because we want to talk about reclaiming failure and that kind of self-awareness and really uncomfortable moment 
when you fail at something and you sit there and you're like, oh God, but then what does the process of reclaiming that look like? We are both really big fans of the Elizabeth Day podcast, How to Fail. And I think between that and like a lot of other conversations that have happened in the past few years, um, it feels like failure doesn't have to be as binary as it once was. It's like failure is always bad. Mm-hmm. And there is scope for us to look at a situation where we deemed we have failed and actually kind of have a bit more ownership over it. And instead of being like, this happened to me, kind of change the narrative around it a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think there's some kind of balance there between that the idea that failure is always bad versus I think the shift that we're starting to see in narratives that's talking about failure as an opportunity to learn and to grow. Mm-hmm. And I do absolutely think that's true. And obviously we've spoken about that on the podcast before. But I also think there's an important line to toe between it being like a bit toxic positivity-ish, like, oh, you failed yeah. and this is your opportunity to, to learn and to grow and to do more. Like everyone fails before they get back up and they they succeed. Like I think there is a fine line to toe there. However, I also think exactly that sort of victim mindset with failure is just not helpful for anyone at any stage or in any scenario in their life. And I think this is why talking about reclaiming failure is so, reclaiming failure, yeah, I did say that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Why why reclaiming failure is so important because it, it doesn't have to be something that just happens to you and you passively let it happen. Like you get to choose how you respond to it. Totally. And I think so much of it for failure is success is very personal. And I think that we've definitely, I know you and I and a lot of people have kind of sat down over the past couple of years and redefined what success means to us and try and separate it from what society says success is. But I don't know if it's because failure comes with shame and so many other heavy emotions. It's far harder to do the same for failure, but it feels like that's what we really need to do because what I deem as a failure is probably not what you deem as a failure. And in fact, I know there have been circumstances even recently where I've sent you a message or voice noted you going, I've really fucked up. I've really failed at this. And you've gone, hmm, have you? Mm-hmm. Like, have you actually? Not in a way to just diminish it, but to say that's you interpreting that as a failure, but objectively, I'm not sure it is. And I think that's a really big part of reclaiming failure is acknowledging that it's not always um it's not always what you first think it is. Like it's it is so similar to success in that you've got to work out what failure truly means to you before you can almost like give yourself a hard time for failing. Yeah, and I, I definitely think like the blame doesn't solely lie with us for that, like the very black and white no. failure is bad success is good we, we are taught at school that failure is bad you're kind of taught like you, you pass or you fail right you failure mm-hmm. isn't really and I know especially for us and like the schooling that we had it I really feel like there was a culture of fear around failing like if you failed at something yeah. you you had just you'd failed at life everything was completely awful it was the end of the road for you like and I think that that kind of idea from school is something that gets drilled into you so much and exactly that of like defining your own narrative around failure rather than letting someone else tell you how to respond which I now realize I kind of did when I told you that it wasn't was it actually failure but I also do think that there's something there in 
yes, allowing the emotional response, but then not, I guess, not jumping to just the instant, like, this is bad or this is good kind of idea. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard, right? Because I do think there's something important in understanding, like, whether or not something was successful or whether it wasn't successful and it actually is more classed as a failure. I do think there's an important lesson to learn there generally. Mm. But I guess it's how that, like, what the impact of that failure is. Because often when you succeed at something, there will be times when succeeding at something correlates directly to another positive outcome. So like, I don't know, you pass a load of exams, you get into the university of your choice, but there'll be plenty of times where you succeed at something and there is no, no notable outcome past the feeling of success. Whereas Mm -hmm. with failure, it feels like there isn't that kind of separation as such because you fail. And like you said, so often you think it's the end of the world you think you feel like everything is over whether it's a mistake at work whether it's something from when you're younger whether it's in your personal life whether it's a relationship ending whatever it is you then carry the weight of failure in a way that I don't think we carry the weight of success Mm -hmm. and it's got to have something to do with shame surely but it's a really hard one to then split out to still have that, or at least it's something I struggle with, to split it out so that you still have that personal accountability and responsibility, but it also doesn't drag you down. And that's a really weird one to try and um, reckon with. Like, what are you going to class as a failure? And actually, does it matter if it's a failure? I heard a really interesting conversation with Jacqueline Hurst, who I've lost count of how many times we've spoken about her on this podcast now, <laughs> but she went back onto the Should I Delete That podcast a couple of weeks ago. I would really recommend going and checking that episode out, actually. Um, and one of the things she spoke about is how criticism and compliments should have the exact same effect on you. And you need to work to get to a place where that's the case. And I kind of wonder whether it's the same as success and failure. Like you have that thing where you attach less of your self-worth to success and failure because just because you fail at something doesn't mean you're less of a person or that it defines you as a whole yeah I think that's a really interesting point and it also makes me think about like how often the ideas of success that we have are like oh I'll be I'll be happy when I reach this point or I'll Mm. be successful when I've achieved this thing And then often the idea of it is that classic dopamine hit in your brain. Like the idea of it is so exciting. And then you get, and it's a bit like, oh, okay. And then you're onto the next thing that you want to achieve or you want to succeed at or you want to be happy at. feel like the same idea can be applied, yes, in almost in reverse with the same as that, like criticism and compliments. If you have a similar sort of mindset when you know that there's a possibility of failure, the more times you fail, the more you're, I don't know, maybe, the, maybe this is way too, make way too deep. I feel like the more times you fail, you're, you're going to bounce back quite faster because your resilience okay. improves. When I think about like the things that I've maybe, like the things I failed at in the past six months, if I'd have failed at those three years ago, probably would have been distraught. Whereas yeah. things that have happened, even in the last couple of months, I'm like, this is really, really shit. 
how do I bounce back from this? How do I come back from this? Like how, what changes do I need to make to make sure this doesn't happen again? I, th- I do think failure is just as an important training tool as like what you're doing towards success as well. It's really interesting. Growing up, I was always told um, by like, an, sorry if you can hear that police car outside, by the way, but I was always told by like an older member of my family, it's not about how you get yourself into a situation, it's how you get yourself out. And I think that really applies to failure as well. Like, Yes, obviously, there's some value in looking at what happened and what went wrong and all of that. But ultimately, that's happened. It's in the past and you can't change it. What's more important is how you approach things going forward and how you learn from it and how you pick yourself up. Hmm. And that, I mean, that's all part of the, the reframing, isn't it? Like the reframing and the yeah. reclaiming, because I can't, cannot remember who said this. And it probably came from a podcast. I always remember someone saying, when you start to see failure as a byproduct of being outside of your comfort zone, it makes you more comfortable with the idea of failure. So like failure, it comes from like you've been brave, you've done something that's challenging or you've pushed yourself or you've tried something new. It might not mean that you're bad at it. Like it's a brave and courageous thing to do. You've pushed yourself. No one's going to be good at something the very first time that they do it. Failure is just a byproduct of you learning something new or you doing something outside of your comfort zone. And I feel like that's a really nice way of thinking about it. It's not that binary black and white idea of, well, we've failed, it's over, end of the story. That's I've not heard that before, but I love that because it's true. I think there are obviously stuff, and I, I think this is the thing, right? When you're a kid or when you're younger, often failure is due to a lack of... Um, how is it preparation? But like, say you fail at a test in school, chances are it's because you didn't actually put the work in, or that's definitely my experience anyway. Mm. Um, whereas when you get older and you have more autonomy and things mean more to you, when you fail, it's almost hard to understand that you've just failed and it's not because you didn't do something well enough. Mm. Actually, as you get older, that failure is more likely to come from a place of having stepped out of your comfort zone than when you were younger. And so I yeah. think there's a really important thing there about like understanding that the failure that you feel as an adult triggers the emotions you have as a kid, but they aren't the same thing. Yeah. Like the root of them and the outcome, like the reason for it is not the same as it would have been. And that's really difficult, but I think it's also important to know. You use our favorite word. Failure is in fact nuanced. It is. It, we love nuance and it is It is really nuanced. Like, And I think that has really like been a thing I've realised recently is what I would class as failure, you might not, and vice versa. And I can think of things that have happened to both of us in the past few months where uh, like we've probably both sat there and gone, oh God, I really failed at that. But I wouldn't necessarily define those things for you as a failure and vice versa because you have that objectivity. And you can go, is that the whole picture? Like, because you can remove the emotion from it, but you can kind of reclaim that a bit more and go, no, this this was my failure. But because it was my failure, I can make changes. And that's a really important part of it. Like, when you have that victim mindset of this happened to me and you look to blame everyone else, even if it's not an active thing, but you go, oh, well, it happened because so-and-so didn't do that or so-and-so did this and that's why it happened. You also sacrifice your control in a situation and there are always going to be things you can't control when it comes to failure like of course you know if you 
I don't know if you I really can't think of an example it's early in the morning but there will always be times when like there are things outside of your control that contribute to failure but I think taking ownership of the majority of it and acknowledging what you could have done differently not only helps you to more quickly identify the things that were outside of your control but also gives you that power back to go I'm going to do it differently next time and that is so powerful and so important and I also think that ownership thing as well we're not saying like remove the emotional part of it obviously having that kind of slightly more objective I get well not even objective I think maybe having more resilience because you become more comfortable with the idea that failure is not like absolute failure I do think getting comfortable with your emotions around it is just as important like if if you have a like a failure, if something happens, you're allowed to be upset and you're allowed to be like annoyed and frustrated by it. But again, that's that's where you can get the, I guess the split in the road. Is that the right yeah. phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like feeling those emotions, you could choose to let those emotions turn you into a victim, or you could choose to let those emotions be acknowledged but still take control of the situation and say, okay, what do I need to do next to change this or learn from it or whatever, like make whatever adjustments I need to make. And I think it's not about switching off your emotions, but just knowing when they're actually useful. I think actually not switching them off and paying attention to them is really important because it is going to be that kind of icky, uncomfortable feeling that motivates you to then look into yourself a bit because it, that, you don't want to feel that again. You don't want to feel that shame or that responsibility again. So it helps you to actually identify what it is that could have caused it. Hmm. And I also feel like, I mean, if failure stops you from trying, that's, I'd say that's more of a final failure than like that. There's yeah. no resilience there. There's no, again, if, if you've taken the path of feeling like it's someone else's fault or that you are the victim of, of something, then failure really is winning. But having that level of self-awareness, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying, oh, you can cope with failure fine and pick yourself up and carry on and you'll be successful the next day. But giving up is, it's like the classic, that if you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't try again, yeah. then the last thing you did is going to have been a failure but you don't know if the next time you try it might be a success yeah and I always think of like how so many people say that it was just as they're about to give up that they have success and I think that's really hard to have faith in that Mm. um but I also think it goes to that failure isn't linear like it doesn't mean you're always going to fail but also it's not that every single failure is the same there are going to be failures are smaller and that are like quicker lessons to learn there's going to be ones that do feel bigger and you are going to have to sit in those emotions for a while and let yourself feel and heal through that but I think ultimately it's the only way to like move on is to kind of reclaim it and say yes it was my failure but it doesn't mean you're less of a person and I think that's the really hard part isn't it that so many of us intertwine our self-value with either success or failure so when Mm -hmm. we fail we have just failed at an objective task or in a specific situation we have failed as human beings and that just is not 
because like if you fail at something in work it doesn't make you less of a friend of a daughter of a son of a sibling of like a partner like that they are not the same thing but I think Mm. we often are made to feel like they are yeah that failure kind of it's everything yeah it like seeps into other areas of your or you feel as if it seeps into other areas of your life and yeah I think that's that's where like getting some of that resilience is so important because yeah exactly like you said if you have something that goes wrong at work it does not diminish your yeah how good you are of a person a partner or how good you are in the gym or whatever it might be like other areas of your life are not impacted by this failure in one specific area and I think that's that is why the resilience part is so important yeah agreed and like that isn't to say that there won't be things you can learn that could apply elsewhere but oh, yeah it's understanding that it doesn't make you less than in those areas I think that's what's really hard to reconcile with a lot of the time mm-hmm. and I do think as well comparison plays a massive role in it like especially if you feel that you've you failed at something and then you see other people around you doing really well it kind of amplifies amplifies that feeling of failure whereas obviously the reality is that everyone fails at some point just not at the same point like someone else next week will experience failure when you've really managed to turn things around like it's 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 hard to compare when you're this week's topic in a great place but but as always we would love to hear your thoughts on the topic and you can get in touch with all of the details which are down in the show notes in the meantime have a great week and we will be back next week with a new topic where we're talking about whether boring is the new benchmark for success see you next week bye